0: the movies all
1: those comics all the games all those toys all the tv the animation just give us just give us one hour
2: and 45 minutes and we will give you
3: everything marvel. hey everybody and welcome to episode number 245 of this week in marvel it's the official marvel podcast of all things marvel whether it's comics movies tv games statues skateboards Jet boards, rocket boards, rocket packs, anything that's got the Marvel logo on it, we're going to cover it here on This Week in Marvel. My name is Ben Morse. I am the editorial director of Marvel Digital Media. I am not joined by Agent M. Ryan Panagos. He is on a well-deserved vacation, but I do have in the big boy seat...
0: Josh Weiss, intern. How are you doing, everybody?
3: So we've got Josh here to cover for Ryan. Uh, Before we get underway and see what Josh has learned in his studies and his, his attempts. He's basically the Doctor Strange to my ancient one as he attempts to become a master of the comics arts. Nice. But uh, before we go there, let's talk about the Marvel MasterCard. Of course, if you guys are looking for any sort of deals on entertainment, on goods, you want to use the Marvel MasterCard. You get great deals on everything from Marvel Unlimited to Disney stuff. All sorts of great stuff coming your way on the Marvel MasterCard. If you haven't checked it out already, go to Marvel.com. We have more info on the Marvel MasterCard there. Now then, let's dive into the comics we're covering this week. Then we're going to have, of course, news. And then it's a West uh, Coast-centric second part of the podcast. As We've got the West Coast update plus the TWIM URC this week, which was Hitmonkey and Gorilla Man and that is going to be covered by Strami and the Wolfman. Before we go there, let's dive into these comics, starting with Amazing Spider-Man, number 15, written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, pencils by Giuseppe Kimoncoli. art... Are inks by Cam Smith colors by Marte Gracia it's the conclusion of power play which introduced this great new villain Regent who we kind of are familiar with he was in Secret your oars and amazing spider-man renew your vows but he has resurfaced or surfaced for the first time in the prime Marvel universe he's taken out all different heroes and villains he's penned them up in his lair he's got access to their powers he's taken on spider-man and Iron Man their last two standing or so you think Because Mary Jane borrows an old suit, the old Iron Spider suit, and Mary Jane becomes the cavalry. Comes in, leads to another big fight with Regent Iron Man and Scarlet Spider trying to take him on. While Spider-Man attempts to go and free the hostages. I like the little artistic twinge they did where there's so many heroes and villains that were hostages that rather than try to show them all, they just have this big silhouette of certain recognizable head shapes and whatnot. Uh, Regent's a great villain because, like all great villains, he is the hero of his own story. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He lost his family to superhuman shenanigans, so he thinks if he can take all the superhumans off the board, he will be in a better place and the world will be in a better place uh, we get a nice bait and switch at the end with Peter and MJ not going to reveal how that turns out but then just as everything seems like it's going good like this was a solid win uh, something horrible happens to a member of spider mans supporting cast which we'll have to keep our eyes on in the weeks and months to come
0: and in the Civil War 2 front we have Sam Wilson Captain America Civil War it's Captain America Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson Civil <laughs> War 2 number 11 Um, And in this issue, um, uh, written by Nick Spencer, artist Daniel Acuna? Yes. Nice. Um, You know, we see this is the aftermath of Thanos' invasion, uh, trying to invade Earth, um, and being stopped. uh, Thanks to Ulysses, um, you know, uh, War Machine uh, Rhodes is dead. And we're reeling from the aftermath of that. Um, You know, the AmeriCorps is kind of taking over and committing crimes on the streets. Um, and it's getting, you know, federal help for it, and uh, all the while Sam Wilson is kind of, we're getting a, a background on Sam, where he stands on this Ulysses thing. Uh, we get flashbacks to his conversations with uh, Captain Marvel and Iron Man, and uh, it's interesting to see, you know, his, the different sides of the argument for this and where he uh, ends up standing. Uh, we get a nice reference to the first Civil War, actually, in the New Warriors, um, and then by the end, <clears throat> we see a very familiar face, so great issue. Yes, very
3: great issue. And uh, keeping on the Civil War II attack, we've got Civil War II Kingpin, number one. Two great stories written by Matthew Rosenberg, who I know is a buddy of Ryan's, and he really makes his Marvel debut with a bang. Um, We've got Shouldn't Have Come Back, which is the lead story with art by Ricardo Lopez-Artiz, and then a backup story called The Death and Rebirth of Genesis. Janus Jardish, penciled by Delabor Talajic, inked by Jose Marzan Jr. This is a really cool book. It takes a look at what the bad guys are up to during Civil War II. But unlike some past events where it's basically, you know, Civil War, the heroes are off fighting and the bad guys can just loot and do whatever, or, you know, secret invasion, aliens are invading, but the bad guys have to throw in their lot. This is all about how basically... Criminals are being taken in before they have the chance to commit crimes. And, of course, the Kingpin has a big problem with this. The Kingpin is back from San Francisco. He's gathered all the crime bosses, Jigsaw, Lady Bullseye, everyone else who has any sort of stake. And he's trying to say, look, this is not right. What are we going to do here? There's an assassination attempt on Kingpin. Or is it on this seemingly unimportant guy named Janus Jermesh, as we uh, covered in the titles? But he is an inhuman, and his power... It's a little mysterious as it starts, but it's very helpful to Wilson Fisk. You've also got um, the Captain America, Spectrum, and Night Thrasher, of all people, coming to pay Kingpin a visit, kind of trying to warn him off what he was doing. Kingpin dispels his philosophy. Um, theres They keep coming in to try to get Kingpin, but he hasn't done anything yet. And they're just it's interesting it's it's a look into the mind and uh, the heart of kingpin and it's a look into the criminal element during this whole civil war ii thing i really like the approach and then the backup story is focused on this character janus and how he came to be an inhuman and what it means to him and uh great art by dalibor tala just a great all-around issue very different than the other civil war stuff you're gonna see
0: yeah that backup story was my favorite
3: yeah really good
0: Okay, so back on the Civil War Two front, we have uh, X Men Civil War Two Number Two. Um, in the beginning, uh, writer Colin Bunn, artist uh, Andrea Bro- Brocardo, and colorist Jesus Abertov. Awesome name. Uh, in the beginning, we have the X Men uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, fighting off these really creepy bug things mm, uh, from the outer brood. space. The Brood. There you go. And uh, that's thanks an old to school
3: you cut there, young Josh.
0: Throwback Thursday. Um, but uh, thanks to Ulysses, the X Men, and Captain Marvel get ahead of it, um, and you know we kind of we're kind of seeing you know the back and forth arguments in these issues about you know should we see the future, should we protect the future, should we not? Um, and this opening obviously is for it, um, and then we're uh, you know looking at the X Men, you know see where they stand. Obviously, uh, the Terrigen miss are cutting down their numbers um, and uh, suppressing mutant uh, abilities, so. Magneto's not very happy about this. He doesn't want... He, uh, it seems that an human uh, mutant war is coming. Um, you know, we see some spies going to New Attilan. Um, Adelan. Characters. Adelan. You learn a lot as we go through here.
3: You have to say stuff out loud.
0: <laughs> um, so we get a nice fight there. Um, see some cool abilities. And then, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, characters from both sides kind of... Uh, having second thoughts about where they stand on this Ulysses uh, thing and um, you know some are moving to one side some are moving to the other side so uh, don't want to spoil too much but it's interesting to see where it'll go from here
3: cool Daredevil, Punisher, Seventh Circle, Number Three, adapting the Infinite Comic, which you should really go check out in Infinite Comic for, uh, form. The paper stuff is nice; you get the story, you get the art, but it's really meant to be read as an infinite uh, as an Infinite Comic. It's written by Charles Soule, layouts by Mass, pencils and inks by Simon Kudransky. Daredevil and Blind Spot are still trying to get this gang this Russian gangster. I believe he's a Russian gangster. Um, someone can. You know, write in and correct me on that one because I'm not Mm going to go back and look. His name is Sergei
0: Antonov. Yeah, so so I think it's a pretty
3: safe bet, right? Yep. Cold War expert Josh Weiss (laughs) checking in there. So Punisher is trying to get away from the cops so he can go after Sergei. Uh, Meanwhile, Sergei is under the protection of Daredevil and Blindspot. He doesn't want to be under their protection. He wants to get out and get back to his gang. They end up traveling on top of a train. You see how the Punisher gets away from the cops because of course he does. And then of all people, the Crimson Dynamo, involved uh armored villain uh gone up against iron man in the past not the crimson dynamo we know but a crimson dynamo comes in and it's very interesting it's very cool to see you know when you have this big tech heavy villain how s- somebody like daredevil punisher or even blind spot contends with crimson dynamo who's used to fighting heavy hitters like iron man it's very interesting stuff and uh charles soul digs into it very nicely
0: uh, next, we have Deadpool versus Gambit. The V is for versus It is number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. artist Danilo Beiruth and colors by Chris Peter. Uh, ben, this was a really, really fun issue. Um, you know, if we find Deadpool and Gambit, not sure if they can trust each other, but getting hired by this con man named Chalmers to kind of swipe this uh, relic or statue that's priceless called the Dragon's Tongue. Uh, And they go to New Orleans to kind of con this uh, really wealthy businessman. Um, And, you know, no matter what they do, um, they just can't catch a break. You know, it's a night of debauchery. It's just a lot of fun. They go drinking. They go brawling. Uh, Deadpool uh, puts on a mustache, calls himself Steve Zahn from uh, Treme, which was great. Um, But it's really funny to see, you know, uh, Deadpool and Gambit, these really, you know, powerful characters kind of struggling to get the job done. Um, and by the end of the night, things kind of just go uh, belly up, and uh, we'll let you see, but it's it's a lot of fun.
3: That was a really fun issue. Um, Invincible Iron Man number 11 is on the road to Civil War II. Interesting, because we are in Civil War II, and Invincible Iron Man's holding back a little as uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Mike Diodato, and Frank Martin are exploring the story that leads Iron Man into Civil War II. In this case, he is undercover, in Japan trying to hack the biohack ninjas, uh, who are run by Tomo, aka the Techno golem, golem. And Iron Man has gone undercover, deep cover, faked his own death, Tony Stark's off the board, he's trying to get in on this. Uh, meanwhile, this grad student, or former grad student, who just got kicked out of MIT, and she is out experimenting with her new armor. Meanwhile, like I said, back in Japan, we've got Iron Man doing his thing. Uh, it's a nice kind of final bonding story between Iron Man and Rhodey because Rhodey knows what's going on. He comes in to help Iron Man. He brings some um, unwanted by Iron Man's part assistance. Iron Man thinks he, he has this down. He's going to be able to take this new villain out. Uh, but the Avengers come in with Rhodey. Uh, we get a cool interaction between Iron Man and Miss Marvel. We get see the Avengers doing their thing. Um, some funny stuff. Uh, and then some poignant stuff, knowing what happens to Rhodey. Uh, this is really a nice thing to set up kind of what's going on with Iron Man and the loss he feels over War Machine. We've also got Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution number 1. This is the first issue of a four-issue limited series adapting the animated series. Marvel Universe Avengers. Um, Adapting to Change is written by Eugene Sun. It's directed by Philip Ignati. Animation art is by Marvel Animation Studios. And it's adapted by our boy, Joe Caramagna. Also in the cinematic universe, or to begin in the cinematic universe, that was the animated universe. In the cinematic universe, we've got Marvel's Doctor Strange Prelude Number 1. As you know, anytime we've got a movie coming out, we have a Prelude comic series that leads right into it. In this case, it was... Written by Will Corona Pilgrim. The art is by Jorge Fornes. The colors are by Jesus Abertov. And Doctor Strange isn't even in this issue. This is showing uh, how some of the different masters of the mystic arts uh, deal with a problem. We get kind of a setup for the mythology of what Doctor Strange is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if you're getting ready for that movie, it's definitely a can't miss.
0: Yeah, Benedict, if you're listening, we'd love you to weigh in on the podcast. <laughs>
3: Ooh. <Who? laughs>
0: Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh,
3: all right. Your, your boy. Your boy. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. Benedict Cumberbatch, please please hit us up with your uh, thoughts on whatever I just said.
0: Cool. So next we got <laughs> Moon Knight. Welcome to New Egypt, part four five. So here we find Moon Knight and his friends returning to New York, um, and not is all it seems, uh, as there's a giant pyramid in the city, there's sand everywhere, um, there's policemen with crocodile heads, it's crazy. Um, but they find Gina's diner in the uh, the maelstrom of, of sand. Um, they have some pancakes um, Moon Knight actually talks with the, the deity who gave him his powers um, Who's uh, a little rough with him verbally, but you know he kind of needs it uh, then Marlene shows up and they're starting to get their memories back uh, And then they start this journey to the pyramid and by the last page uh, we kind of have a shocker not gonna reveal it, but um, You're gonna be like what? Very well said, Josh. (laughs) On to
3: Punisher number three, written by Becky Cloonan, art by Steve Dillon, colors by Frank Martin. Punisher is going after Condor. They're a mercenary outfit that is making inroads into the drug business. Uh, He is trying to hunt down the drug EMC, which is basically a super soldier serum. Uh, Frank is still on their trail. Meanwhile, the cops are trailing Frank. Meanwhile, this guy Face, who is... A complete sociopath is Terry Lane Frank as well um, and he works for Condor Frank gets to where they're mixing some of the drugs and this real sicko who uses his young daughter and uses his friends and sets up this is a cool example of getting to see the Punisher just systematically take out uh, rows of obstacles put in his way whether they're people or things we see Punisher get the job done get done what he needs to with ruthless efficiency, uh, saves the lives of the innocent, and uh, punishes the guilty. And Steve Dillon's art is just a treat. And like I've said before, I think Frank Martin's colors add something huge. This is quickly becoming a classic Punisher series right off the bat.
0: That's great. Uh, So so now we got Scarlet Witch, number eight, uh, written by James Robinson, artist Tula Lote. Um, And here we find uh, Scarlet Witch in a place, you know, that may not seem so, uh, you know, her normal beat, you know, she's in therapy, Um, she's talking about her past, she's talking about her parents, she finds out that the people who raised her aren't actually her real parents. Um, she's talking about her sons. Um, all the while, she's trying to, you know, find why uh, witchcraft is broken. Every time she casts a spell, she ages herself a little bit. So, mm-hmm. we've got a lot going on, psychological, magical. i uh, got this Sigmund Freud-looking uh, <laughs> psychologist who's, you know, uh, who's very rough with her, actually. I was surprised, you know, he kind of just gives it to her straight. Well, there's a twist that you find yeah, out exactly, why Yeah, so exactly, exactly. And uh, that twist is, has even more twists once you find out what it is, <laughs> um, which was awesome. But you know, really great colors, very kind of like impressionistic, um, and just really pretty looking. Cool.
3: Speaking of pretty looking, you got to be talking about Silver Surfer number five, storytellers Dan Slott and Michael Allred. Uh, Laura Allred is on Colors, so you know it's a beautiful looking book. This is the aftermath of Silver Surfer saving the Earth from his own people, the Zen Lavians, and in the process, taking away all Zen Lavian culture, which we find out has a definite effect on the Surfer. The Surfer's been welcomed open arms to... Perth, and everyone's celebrating him. He's getting the keys to cities. Uh, The Olympics are declaring that silver medals are better than gold medals. He's going to baseball games. He's getting guitars, hanging out with Dawn, a little distraught by the fact that his culture is gone and kind of trying to have to deal with this. So now we've got Dawn welcoming Norrin into her family. We get to meet her uh, sister's husband uh, as they prepare to have a baby. We get some old characters coming back. We get Silver Surfer wearing normal clothes, which is always fun. And then Surfer flies to uh, the moon to confront the Watcher, but no one told Silver Surfer that after Original Sin, the Watcher's been replaced by someone else. Uh, This is the first real big appearance of that someone else since Original Sin. I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to leave it uh, unspoken. But I think it's a pretty cool thing. And he comes back, has some bonding time with Dawn, who really wants to get him on track. And he ends up doing a favor for Dawn, which may just be the worst thing he could
0: have possibly done. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, probably not the greatest idea. But (laughs) uh, speaking of bonding, we have Spider-Man 2099, number 12. That's the segue, kid. Fighting crime before his time. Um, And here we have this futuristic Spider-Man um, attempting to save the futuristic Green Goblin from these futuristic Sinister Six. Very futuristic. Yeah, uh, this may be my favorite Doc Ock ever because oh, he has cool. actual tentacles, which is really cool. Uh, and he uses this trick, uh, Spider-Man, to kind of make himself look uh, like there are hundreds of him. Um, and he gets the best of the Sinister Six. There's some uh, repartee, um, and you know, f- he gets he rescues the Green Goblin, and just when just when you think everything's safe, he's back through the time door in the past. And I won't spoil it, but uh, it's a shocker. And is it, uh, the, is
3: it the shocker?
0: And then there, at the end, we got a nice Terminator moment. Uh, there's a lot of timelines going on here. People being sent back, back and forth. So, uh, very confusing, very
3: confusing, uh, and confusing in the best possible way. You guys will love it. Another Civil War II tie in we've got Spider Woman number nine, written by Dennis Hopeless, pencils and colors by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez. Jessica has taken her team as well as her kid up to uh, a ski lodge where she's currently investigating a Wendigo. Uh, infestation. The way they get there I mean Wendigos are terrible. You have to eat another person to become a Wendigo It's really gross uh, Somehow they come up with a way to make it pretty fun and entertaining uh, The superstructure that's running be- past all this is the Captain Marvel keeps calling Jessica Jones Wants to get her on the phone uh, Jessica's like, I'm busy I'm busy being a mom, I'm busy being a kick-ass detective. Eventually Captain Marvel just shows up and helps out With the objective of I want to talk to my best friend. Jessica's really pissed. She does not want to be involved in civil war in any way. She doesn't want to be involved in superhero stuff. But Captain Marvel says, "Look, I don't need you for superhero stuff. I need you for your detective skills." And so Jessica Drew and her team take on an assignment for Captain Marvel and the baby spits up
0: Oliver. Nice. All in a day's work (laughs) for Spider Woman. That first part reminded me of like Scooby Doo. A little bit. In the mountains. A little bit. Except they're real. Yeah. Shocker. Using um, so the now, term
3: shocker a lot, even though you, <laughs> we're not actually dealing with the character, the shocker. Stormy's well,
0: going to be very upset. Oh, I'm sorry. But n- I can actually say this next comic is a shocker because it's Spidey, number eight. <laughs> uh, writer Written by Robbie Thompson, uh, artist Nathan Stockman, colors by Jim Campbell. And we open with uh, Peter and Gwen, Staf- Gwen Stacy. Uh, they're very young, seeing one of my favorite movies ever, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, All of a sudden, there's a blackout. Were you
3: born when that movie came out?
0: I'm sad to say I was not. (sighs) But Pause.
3: Moment of silence.
0: Don't really pause. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, So then there's a blackout uh, while Peter's kind of, you know, he's asking himself, is this a date? Is this not a date? Gwen's really cute. Hmm. Um, But he goes to find out what this blackout's about, and he comes face-to-face with Electro. What a shocker. Yeah, and he keeps calling Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. I missed it. All right. (laughs) Uh, He keeps calling Spider-Man Spider, uh, which really annoyed me, but he's a jerk. Um, And they both have made upgrades to their suits and their powers. Uh, Finally, uh, Spider-Man leads Electro into the sewers, into the subway tunnels, uh, and gets the better of him. Um, There's a lot of funny stuff with him talking to Gwen as Spider-Man and then as Peter, saying he has a very firm handshake. Uh, and that she should go out with him. So uh, definitely a little fun read h- right here. Cool.
3: Star Wars Han Solo number two. Written by Marjorie Liu. Pencils by Mark Brooks. Inks by Dexter Vines. Colors by Sonia Obak. That is quite an art team. Uh, we have got the Dragon's Run, I believe it's called. The Dragon Void?
0: The Dragon Dra- Void.
3: Dragon Void is the race that Han Solo has entered the Millennium Falcon in. He's doing it because there is secret information he's trying to get but as a cover he is in this race god this book is so beautiful the spaceships are so cool uh all the aliens are depicted so well marjorie's got a great story going where you know you're really invested in this race and wanting to see han do well and you see that there's a lot of sabotage in the race there's a lot of uh dangers real real dangers chewbacca gets to do some cool stuff uh han Gets to get in the face of some other pilots. Uh, gets a good relationship with some, not in a great relationship with others. Stormtroopers show up. Things go all chaotic. Uh, really fun book. Really cool little, like, uh, race story. But then they're like, you know, that they're in a race, and then something else going on besides it. It's really good stuff and drawn beautifully.
0: Speaking of Star Wars, we have hey. Poe Dameron number four. Uh, written by Charles Soule, art art by Phil Noto. Um, And here we have uh, kind of the elite uh, X-Fighter squad uh, tasked by Princess Leia, now General Leia Organa, to find this explorer um, who's legendary and can help uh, with the continuation of the resistance. Um, And they end up at this really cool prison that has its own gravity, no guards inside, it's kind of just ruled by anarchy, Um, and inside they meet a very familiar face who uh, Luke Skywalker came across mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Uh, can I call him the collector of the Star Wars universe?
3: Yeah, sure, why not? There
0: He's the no, collector a- of the Star Wars universe. Um, and he has a very interesting proposition for Poe um, while his team stands outside. Um, so it's really interesting to see, you know, who will uh, kind of fulfill this request and who will get the information.
3: Very well done. Totally Awesome Hulk number eight. This is a story called Peace in Our Time. It is written by Greg Pak, pencils by the great Alan Davis, inks by the great Mark Farmer, colors by the great Chris Sotomayor. This was the book that tugged at my heartstrings this week. Uh, It was really well done. Basically, after the events of Totally Awesome Hulk, Bruce Banner is no longer the Hulk. Amadeus Cho tracks Bruce down one month ago to the beach of Baja, California, where Bruce is suffering from a terrible flu. And it's because he basically tried to get sick. He hasn't had the experience of being sick in years because he's the Hulk will always fight off the infection. So Amadeus and Maddie Cho take him in, take care of him, invite some friends over. That would be Rick Jones and She-Hulk. And they basically just sit around playing cards, having a good time, just enjoying the fact that Bruce is free of this curse of being the Hulk. However, While this is going on, Amadeus is kind of acting weird. Uh, He is in one of the Hulk's old vaults. He hulks out specifically because he wants Bruce to, he needs to talk to Bruce about his fears about being the Hulk. He's starting to have blackouts. He doesn't know what's going on. And the heart-to-heart with Bruce and Amadeus is just, it's so genuine and it's so great. And Alan Davis strikes the perfect chord on the art. Um, the end of the story is Bruce tucking Amadeus into bed because he's got a little touch of the flu now. And this great final shot of Bruce Banner just looking off to the desert, free of the Hulk, at peace, and who knows what's coming next for him. Great Keep rocking issue.
0: on, Bruce. Next we have Vote Loki number two, uh, written by Christopher Hastings. Uh, we have a guest artist, Paul McCaffrey, and colors by Chris Chukri. Um, and first, right off the bat, beautiful cover, a thrill back to the mm-hmm. 1941 cover of Captain America punching Adolf Hitler in the face.
3: Which is cool. it's Cap punching Loki in the face. It,
0: there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, got no some Wilson and some Hydra agents in yep. the back. Um, and we pick up with uh, Nina Contreras, the uh, journalist uh, from the last issue who uh, was tricked by Loki mm. um, when he manipulated her kind of less than loving story about him. He manipulated the headlines so everyone thought that she was uh, endorsing him and it kind of launched his campaign for president. Right. Um, Nina gets... Uh, accosted by female Thor who says how dare you we just call her her Thor Thor. Um, and uh, you know she basically says I can't really do anything about it she's like why did you come to me but she gives her a hint Uh, she shows up at uh, Loki's uh, um, what do you call it his campaign office and all the while he's uh, adopted that's who sings the song I'm holding out for a hero
3: oh it's from Footloose that's all I know
0: is it yeah well that's his campaign song Um, and he's kind of just basking in this, in this, uh, publicity, um, and Nina shows up at his campaign office and comes upon a less than savory ritual involving a goat and kind of exposes it. Um, but unfortunately for her, instead of, you know, causing a, you know, public relations, uh, media frenzy, uh, Loki takes it in stride. He spins Um, it. Yeah, exactly. He's his own, uh, spin spin doctor. And, uh... Yeah, so you know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see where it goes from here. Uh, for sure, will, will Loki win or will he be defeated?
3: <laughs> That's all the books we got this week. Shout out to Josh for doing a great job in his first time covering the comics beat here. So, Josh, what is your twim of the week? What is your favorite book that you read?
0: Gotta go. I'm sorry, Ryan. Uh, Deadpool v Gambit.
3: Deadpool v Gambit. You can only get picked when Ryan's not here. No, <laughs> Ryan's a big fan of that book as well. Um, shout out to Civil War II Kingpin, which was excellent. Uh, I really enjoyed that, as well as Silver Surfer, as well as Spidey, which is a perennially strong book, just really a lot of fun to read. But I'm going to go with Totally Awesome Hulk, because it made me feel feelings, and that's always big. All the feelings. All the feelings. Uh, Collections on sale this week, A-Force Volume 1, Hypertime. Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide, Volume 2, Avengers by John Byrne, Omnibus, that's a hardcover, also in hardcover, Avengers Time Runs Out, and Daredevil, The Man Without Fear Prose Novel, plus Deadpool Minibus Volume 1, which is a re-release. Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts Volume 2 is out in softcover, as is Scarlet Witch Volume 1, The Witch's Road, and Star Wars Dark Vader, also out in hardcover. We would usually give you the stuff on the app here, but uh, that's Ryan's beat, and I didn't know where to find it. In the... In the uh, in the interest of full disclosure so instead let me let you guys know what has been freshly digitized and now is available on marvel unlimited we've got a force number one from the ongoing series amazing spider-man number six the full cage series from 1990s this is the 1990s adventures of luke cage issues one through 20 Contest of champions number four deadpool number five deadpool and cable split second number six doctor strange number four guardians of infinity number two howard the duck number three Invincible Iron Man number five, Marvel's Captain America, Civil War Prelude number one, Nova number three, Obi-Wan and Anakin number one, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number one, Spider-Man 2099 number five, Spider-Man Deadpool number one, Spidey number two, Star Wars number 14, Totally Awesome Hulk number two, Uncanny X-Men number one, and X-Men, Worst X-Men Ever number one. Let's talk a little news.
4: From Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News!
3: Alright, news! The big news is that Marvel Now is back in terms of the Marvel Universe and what's coming in uh, the fall. We'll have even more huge news after this podcast hits, but for now, we have already talked about what's coming for Invincible Iron Man, Death of X, Unworthy Thor, Champions, Great Lakes Avengers and US Avengers, and you can read more about all of those series on Marvel.com. Over in the video game world, we are still celebrating the 75th anniversary of Captain America with new uh, exclusive Captain America characters in all our games. This week we paid a little spotlight to Avengers Alliance 2 and Marvel Heroes 2016. Also, Nightcrawler has been added to Marvel Contest of Champions so that's going to do it for us over on this side of the country this week we're going to leave the rest to the west coast boys they're going to give some more news they're going to do the twim urc which is gorilla man and hit monkey and for you guys following twim urc one know the next one the next one ryan's pick he gave it to me before he left it's gonna be thor and the warriors four so that will be up and available shortly uh thank you guys for listening to our half of the podcast josh do you have any words of wisdom
0: No, just thanks so much for letting me be a part of it this week.
3: All right, you did a great job, and we are throwing things over to the West Coast.
0: It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West
1: Coast, show me and the Wolfman.
0: It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby.
2: Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com
4: editor, Mark Strom. Joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh for another
2: thrilling installment of the Strummy and the Wolf Band show starring the Wolf Band and Strummy. I flew all the way from Minnesota to be here with you, Patrick.
4: And what have you got for us? Your podcast has not malfunctioned. That was just complete silence.
2: Yep. I brought you a genuine Minnesota candy bar, Patrick.
4: (sighs) I doubt that. I I didn't know I was supposed to bring back gifts. Well, uh, you didn't have to bring gifts. I was wondering if you had any news about anything in the world of movies and TV. Oh. Actually, no. Did uh? Did we? Did did, did something happen? The, what, what? Did we already? Annu- we already announced the Shield season four premiere date. Yes. Right? Yes. September twentieth. Did 20th. you mention anything about SDCC last week?
2: No. You know what? That's right. We announced last week uh, everything we'll be doing at San Diego Comic Con. We'll have the. Uh, cast of Marvel's Luke Cage there for a panel and a signing um, on Thursday, July 21st. Yes, Comic-Con is the 20th to the 24th this year, so that would be Thursday, July 21st. The cast of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will have a panel and a signing on Friday, July 22nd. Both of those panels, I believe, will be in Ballroom Twenty the exact times are escaping me but you can check out all the info on marvel.com and of course as we get closer to it you will have we will be bombarding you with information so you don't need to know the time right now just know that it's coming and if you are um uh going to be at san diego comic-con and you want more specifics just uh us up on Twitter or uh, just head to Marvel.com. The story should still be on the TV landing at Marvel.com slash TV. should be one of those top five rotators up there. You should be able to find the info pretty easily. And um, Marvel Animation is also coming. Marvel Animation has a special panel on Saturday? Patrick? Uh, you tell me. No, I, Sunday on Sunday. It's on Sunday. Is it? Yeah, I think it's on Sunday. Sure. Check you out on Marvel.com. Marvel Animation will also be there. Um, Well, there's some other really cool TV stuff going on that we can't tell you about for San Diego. (laughs) Excuse me if you heard that. That was me coughing. I tried to angle the microphone as far away from me as possible while I did, but I'm recovering from a cold. Um... So, yes, we'll be at San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, we've got a lot of really awesome stuff cooking for you for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season four. That's mostly what I've been working on right now is just stuff that you guys won't be able to see for another two or three months. But once you do, hopefully it'll be all worth it. We'll see. Yeah, Patrick's always skeptical that anything I do will be well worth the wait.
4: Generally. Better to be safe than sorry. What do you you got for us, Patrick? New episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. New episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, which you can hear all about in just a few moments as I chat with some of the folks over in Marvel Animation.
2: All right. Uh, Well, Patrick will be chatting with that. Do we have anything else, really, to talk about news-wise? Not until really... We'll have more in about two weeks. In about two weeks, we'll have a lot of really cool stuff we can talk about, two or three weeks but right now, it's a little all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll send you off to Patrick and the fine fellows at Marvel Animation. And then after that, we'll be back here with the latest
4: West Coast edition of TWIM URC. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. And I am joined by
5: Harrison Wilcox,
4: as well as
5: Marcia Griffin.
4: And we are here to talk all things this week in Marvel Animation. Starting. Oh! Is that Thor? That's Thor, Thor just Thor. arrived? Thor was here, but he just flew out. Okay. He, for, he Bye, for, Thor! See ya! Bye, guys! Uh, he forgot his hammer, so. What's that thing called? Mjolnir. Melner? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Muller? Yep. Ugh.
1: Holy crap! What's oh wait, going who's on that in here? He's back. Okay, that door Steve is back.
4: Wacker? We made an. That or was Sooth. That was an actual door. We didn't have to make a door sound effect <laughs> we like last week. We saved a lot of week. money on that. Yeah. yeah, I've been in the animation basement, <laughs> just stomping How around. Is this the This Week in Marvel podcast? Why it, it certainly is. Can you believe that, listeners? You're getting a rare treat. Steve Wacker dropping by. Uh, to talk about a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, written by... Me! (laughs) That's right, Steve! (laughs) This one is written by
5: uh, Marcia Griffin. This is an unusual situation, because um, uh, our freelance writers don't normally work on staff. But uh, this was written before Marcia was on staff, uh, and... uh, this is the script that led to her job now it actually, in charge yes. of other writers. It's a year today. Is we it were, a year? Yeah. We were like, man, we cannot let her write anymore for the show. What <laughs> <laughs> do do? How do we get <laughs> How do we, how do we her? stop her? How do we stop her from writing for us anymore? <laughs> so about Marsh's job is to give, uh, the, put the writers through hell. Yeah. Instead of uh, absorbing all the hell. Yeah. And you knew, you would not knew, but you had worked with story editor on Guardians, Marty Eisenberg, uh, before.
1: Yes, I had worked with Marty uh, for years and years and years and years. We can't tell you how many years uh, before. And so this was actually my third. This was the third yeah. uh, script I did. Marsha worked
5: on Steamboat Willie, if you remember. <laughs> I did.
1: I came up with the name. I did.
5: He it wanted was called t-
1: Tugboat. It was Tugboat Tug- Tommy. And I, I said, no, no, it's not good.
4: Really? I think that was a step in the wrong direction. Because Tugboat Tommy... I, I like alliteration. She did. Okay. She did a dialogue pass in all the early. Yeah, I didn't like Disney it. I, I didn't like it. Uh, so so what's going on this week in this episode that you wrote? I hope you know what happens. I don't
1: remember. Um. I haven't yet. Now, uh <laughs> in this episode, uh, Quill basically it takes us to Earth in the search for the Cosmic Seed. Um Quill and Cosmo wind up on Earth. They're hoping not to, they're hoping to cover their tracks. And not let anybody follow them. Uh, unfortunately, somebody does.
5: No, we changed. I rewrote. Oh, we wrote yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I see. is it a musical now? <laughs> we got it. We we the script.
1: Ah, okay. Oh, All right. Well, no I, wonder
5: it's so good. It's Quill and Buzz Aldrin playing ah. chess for 22 minutes. So
1: good. So good. I this wanted way. to write that, but uh, yeah. I was not allowed. So it's great. It's actually a lot of fun. They uh, and then uh, on the while Quill is basically walking down memory lane on Earth, he teams up with uh, his old nemesis from school, this guy named Mikey Coogan, and uh, the 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 Guardians come and anyway, there's a lot. It's it's a lot of but it's a lot of great Earth stuff for Quill where he gets to reconnect with his past. Find
5: out a lot about his background. Yeah, hijinks. And hilarity has and ensues.
1: And emotion. And emotion. Emotion yes. ensues? there's actually some emotion.
5: Wow, we don't normally get that. But well, we tried us. to stop her, but Marsha put in emotion. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. And it does take place in Missouri. Missouri? Oh. That's where Star-Lord's from. That's what James Gunn
4: said. <laughs> and so am I. So I agree. Great. That, that Those Missouri folk, they, uh, what are, are you a Missourian? Is that what they're called? Yeah, you, yeah. you, Peter Quill, Jesse James... The three, uh, Sandra Bullock. Right? I didn't know that. I, I didn't know, so. know that. John Hamm. Well, well of course. Uh, Harrison yeah, it is. is it? Really? Yeah.
5: yeah.
4: yeah. John Goodman. And
1: All the Johns. It's right, it's the right the there Johns. in the name. Yeah, yeah.
4: He's a good man. That's how you know he's from <laughs> Missouri. Uh, we have more than just Marvel's Guardians of the, the Galaxy this week. That's where you go to find Johns, Missouri. <laughs> We also have a brand new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. What's happening this week? We
5: do. Uh, this week is the second episode of the Symbiote Saga. For those who tuned in last week, Carnage is back.
4: That's right. Uh, do you need some Pepto for Carnage, that? Carnage is back drinking milkshakes. I have clips from the show. That was one of the clips. Drinking milkshakes. Oh, does he have a really long straw? Does he uh, interact with Daniel Plain? Field plain view?
5: Oh, what we're talking about.
4: There will be blood. There's a famous line towards the end of that film where oh, he talks milkshake. about I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. I drink it up. Yeah. So this is there will be blood version of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six. I always look at it as more like cotton candy when I look at like Carnage. When you look at Carnage, you think cotton candy. What is that rooted in? <laughs> Do we have time to explore? No, Let's talk about the episode.
5: <laughs> so uh This episode uh, has all our uh, fun guest stars in it. Uh, It's built around uh, uh, Peter and Flash as Agent Venom, uh, trying to stop the outbreak of Carnage. Uh, We have Hulk, we have Captain America, Cloak and Dagger, uh, and Iron Fist, as well as uh, Harry Osborn as Anti-Venom and MJ Watson all coming back to survive the carnage outbreak that's taken over New York City. Keep your eye on MJ.
4: <laughs> Michael Jordan? Yes. <laughs> Michael Jordan <laughs> stops by... Uh, n- wh- why, why do we need to keep an eye on MJ? Just keep
5: an eye on her.
4: Don't trust... Should, should we, we not trust her? Should this story and the rest of the scene? Keep an eye on her. Keep all I'm on... Um, very cryptic. I guess you'll just have to watch the episode to find out no, yeah. what on earth uh, Steve is talking about. Speaking of earth... Peter Quill goes to Earth. Man, it's all coming together. It I'm is. glad I tied those threads together. <laughs> Spider-Man is taking place on Earth. Oh well, wow. So two <laughs> episodes, two earthbound two Earth. episodes. Doesn't happen every week, <laughs> folks. Wow. Very exciting. And I just
1: have two words, corndogs. That's it. That's all I want to say about is, the Guardians episode.
4: Is corndogs two words? Yeah, corn. Really? Dogs. In, the, just yeah. in the Marvel universe. Oh, really in the yeah. Marvel yeah. universe. Yeah, we don't we don't
1: license corn dogs. Superheroes and <laughs> corn dogs. Those we'll are the two
4: words that corn we did dogs. not want to dish out anyway. to. That's yeah. what separates us That's from other say. superhero. I've never heard of other superheroes, so I've barely heard of these superheroes, as many of the podcast listeners will tell you. Uh, well, thank you guys for chatting. That those are uh, going to be airing this Sunday at eight AM on Disney XD is marvel's guardians of the galaxy and then at 9 a.m. on disney xd marvel's ultimate spider-man versus the sinister six thanks for taking the time to chat i'm Everybody. gonna go back downstairs in the animation room yep bye steve. bye steve have fun in the dungeon uh and make sure you all cartoon in this sunday TW
2: Welcome back, everybody. I know you missed me. You just heard Patrick, so you don't
4: miss him because, you know, but probably. Even if you have not heard me in 10 years time, you did not miss me.
2: Well, you know what, but you, they just had to listen to 10
4: since laying mints of you guys talking about Highlander and. Do you think there's going to be podcasts in 10 years or do you think we'll have moved on to some other thing? We'll, we'll have moved on to telecasts, telepods.
2: Aren't those those just YouTube videos? No, 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 no. Like telepathy where like I just like inject your, I take a podcast in my brain and
4: I inject it into your brain. I don't agree to that. I don't, I will not agree to the terms and conditions of anything that involves you putting thoughts into my brain. All right. Well, we're here with the West Coast edition of
2: TWIM U-R-C. And um, this week, we did Gorilla Man and Hitmonkey for I don't know what reason. The main reason was I saw the Gorilla Man trade sitting on my desk, and I'm like, oh, I never read this. We should just read this. And then I'm like, well, three issues is too short. So I'm like, oh, Hitmonkey, because they're both primates that carry guns, and I'm sure that is something that Patrick would enjoy. And
4: gorilla man he didn't even really carry gun like no he was more he, there he are does blow he does wheel he guns, rides a motorcycle that's, that's cool he he, he
2: he kicks people in the face
4: while riding see I thought this was um, maybe it was my subconscious like I finally uh, wore you down and uh, just... So subversively got you to uh want to talk about Congo so you're like oh oh god
5: gorilla man
4: they talk about going to Cong- the the congo so I, I maybe i inceptioned you i that's what that must be what it is that's that not that outside that's you.
2: not outside the realm of possibility because um yeah all
4: right Fair, fair. Enough. That 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 probably is accurate. That that yeah, it was because it's it's not like I could say you better not ever pick something that has nothing to do with the Congo, because then that's all you can think about. But you know that it was planted there. There were multiple levels of uh, delving into your subconscious.
2: Oh boy. Well, let's get the crats out of the way. Of course, uh, first up, we'll talk about Gorilla Man. grill Man, written by Jeff Parker, art by Giancarlo. Carcuzo. Car- there are going to be a lot of names in this TwmRC that I am going to butcher. I apologize in advance. Colors by Joe Cherlampidis and lettered by Ed Dukeshire or Dukeshire, Dukeshire. Again, there are going to be lots of names in here that <laughs> I just absolutely butcher. Did you know Gorilla Man before this?
4: Uh, I remember reading. An Agents of Atlas series. Yes. Maybe 2008-ish, 2009? Does that sound yeah, like it, at, it, at there time? W- Yeah, there would have been an
2: Agents of Atlas. Yeah. That would have been probably the, like their first ongoing series.
4: Exactly, yeah. I think that's when uh, I – so I was familiar with Gorilla Man, but I didn't necessarily know his backstory. I just knew, oh, this is a gorilla. Who's also a man. Who's also apparently a man? Well, actually, he's a man who's a gorilla.
2: They should have called him Man Gorilla then. Ken, Ken Hale. I just love the fact that we open up with a cold open sequence of some crazy guy trying to steal Lucrezia Borgia's head.
4: Yeah, and speaking of motorcycles, there's uh, some art of Gorilla Man when he tosses one of the— Sexy spy villains like over his shoulder and her. Yep, it's right here. Her butt
2: might be bigger than his head. Like it's page one, two, three, four, five, six. It's page six, and it is bigger than his. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I don't
4: think it's any sort of like forced perspective thing. I think it was just, oh well, this gorilla's got a a lady in a leather jumpsuit uh, thrown over his shoulder, so. Her butt is going to be enormous. It's,
2: uh, yeah, this entire cold open sequence is amazing, mostly because you have a gorilla, a talking gorilla, riding a motorcycle while shooting guns. And
4: uh, in case you were curious, even though you might have already read all of these issues, in case you don't remember where that scene takes place, it was Italy, which you know because someone shouts, Mamma Mia, Gorilla Man! I don't remember. That's the, that's the like the panel where he shows up. Oh, sorry, yes. Mama Mia, the Gorilla Man, and the
2: entire sequence ends with uh, Gorilla Man uh, riding the motorcycle wheel into one of the henchmen's faces. Good so, for him. So not bad, not bad way to start off a comment. Uh, one of them funny books. Um, I do love how, like, Jeff Parker, I don't know how much of Jeff Parker's stuff you've read, Patrick, but he very much embraces, like, the superheroes as pulp adventure-type things. Like, this sort of feels like an Indiana Jones story if Indiana Jones eventually turned into a talking
4: gorilla. Well, and also not being aware of his origin story, I think it was the second issue when they give the recap of whatever in the beginning and they say gorilla man was created when he killed a gorilla i was like what That sucks that that's the way that this that he kills a gorilla and then obviously you learn later on it's slightly more complicated than just you know it wasn't like he was hunting for gorillas and he's now cursed it's a slightly different scenario. No, it's
2: like the curse of the Wendigo. Right, like, like you kill a Wendigo and then the Wendigo turns back to normal and you. But become also, the Wendigo. if the
4: Wendigo begged you to kill it,
2: <laughs> you know, like... I did love that. There's that. There's that bit in the book where like the former cursed gorilla man is just like following Ken Hale around, just like whispering from like right. the jungle, just kill.
4: Kill Right. That it it was, I was glad to see that, you know, you just, you just read, oh, he became Gorilla Man when he killed a cursed gorilla. And I was like, oh, Ken Hale, you suck for killing a gorilla. And then later on it was, oh, okay, I, I get it. He was, he wanted that to happen. I
2: love this whole, just sort of jumping ahead a little bit, this whole volcano sequence where he has to like throw down some iron bridge thing and then walk across it and like this professor like the professor that he's with like goes out at one point to try and help him because he's like Ken Hale is frozen up on like this long uh, like uh, what was that was that like a bouncing beam type thing you know and then the professor winds up freaking out and Ken has to be like oh no I've got to go save the professor so he saves him and he grabs him and he brings him out. And then two pages later, a stream of lava comes out of the uh, opening and burns the professor alive. So
4: So much for that. That guy was
2: just born to die. Aren't we
4: all like oh. Lana Del Rey? You know. Born to die. I, I understand the reference. Right. Hey, I'm just proud of myself for making a Lana Del Rey reference that had anything to do with what you just said. Do you normally make Lana Del Rey references that have nothing to do with what I just said? No, I normally reference things like Congo, where people are like, what the hell is Congo? That's a movie? (laughs) So the fact that Lana Del Rey is a somewhat timely reference of the last five years. Yes, she
2: is a pop star of the last five years. Or, uh, well, anyway, whatever. Um, No, I mean, this book was just so much... I loved how like kinetic the art was it was very like scratchy but very uh, uh, just always moving and I don't know but yeah I
4: I think um, somewhere between James Bond and uh, Indiana Jones is the the heart of this story it really is it's both spy stuff with you know sexy ladies and espionage but then it's also uh, has some lore to what they're trying to find.
2: Yeah, they're like treasure hunters essentially. Like Ken Hale back in the day he'd just go around uh, trying to find find treasure. And if you like this stuff, you should read all of Jeff Parker's Agents of Atlas stuff. He had three Agents of Atlas series. There was an Avengers versus Agents of Atlas series, an X-Men versus Agents of Atlas series. There was a Marvel Boy miniseries um anyway there's a bunch of it if you enjoyed this you should definitely check out all of that because Parker did some really
4: great stuff I th- I think um what was uh what what team was Namor and Captain America the Invaders The Invaders I think it was there was an Invaders series that came out possibly in the aftermath maybe of Secret Invasion or maybe Civil War in, like, 2008, 2010. Okay, give me some more context. Give me some more help here. Uh, Secret Invaders, the covers
2: were by Alex Ross. Oh, you are thinking of the – yes, you are thinking
3: of Like it was the, a 12 yes, issue. Yes, you are
2: thinking of the Avengers
4: versus Invaders Twelve issue maxi series, yes. Right. Uh, so, I, and do you remember like what the time frame of that was? No, I don't. Okay, but I think that happened around the time of that Agents of Atlas series. And yeah, th- like,
2: that's being published. Yeah, yeah, it was, I was right like, there. Oh, yeah.
4: I don't, I don't know who these people are, but I mean, hey, I'm checking out the Invaders versus the Avengers. Sure, I'll check out Agents of Atlas. I didn't make it as far. W- was there a story in there somewhere? No, I was just trying to give context of my familiarity with the Agents of Atlas, which you just talked about. Any directionless story? No, it was, once again, just trying to give context for when I was reading Agents of Atlas. So you were reading it when it came out? I don't know. You just told me Jeff Parker wrote three different books. Well, he wrote three different—they
2: were pretty successive. Like, it was like one, and then another, and then another. How should I know? That Jeff Parker was the only guy who wrote any Agents of Atlas. Well, great. Now, now you're just getting snarky.
4: <laughs> well, excuse me. I believe I was trying to give context of when I read Agents of Atlas.
2: Can we go back to the part where there is a uh, frozen head of Lucrezia Borgia that some guy with... A teleprompter for a stomach and weird spider legs is trying to kidnap.
4: Yeah. Namor. That's who that is. No, that's
2: not Namor. Also it's not pronounced oh, Namor, it's oh. Namor. No, pretty sure it's Namor. Oh boy. Let's move on to Hip Monkey, which I knew you would enjoy because it's a monkey doing ninja stuff. Um, and uh, with a revenge story.
4: Yeah, I mean, those those are all of the things that you know I love. Revenge stories, karate, karate. God, all right, Han. Let me find the. Uh, let's let's
2: kick things off first with the uh, credits. Um, of course, this was written by Daniel Way. Uh, art is by. A fantastic artist whose name I've never quite known how to pronounce, so apologies, Dalibor Talagic. Sounds right-ish. Probably not. Um, uh, layers by Sabino and colors by Jose Villorubia. Um, this, I never actually, you know what, this is actually the first time I read this. I did not read this before i just always wanted to read hip monkey because i loved the concept of a monkey that is an assassin and dresses up in a
4: suit well and hip monkey was in drop by uh, like two issues of
2: deadpool yes i believe that was maybe his first appearance or his second appearance
4: yeah and and, you know, at the time when I read that, I was like, "Oh, yeah, sure." And then there's an assassin monkey. It's Deadpool. who knows what else could pop up and didn't think much of it so yeah, and then and then you get his
2: backstory, and you're like, "Oh
4: man, that's
2: sad. Like these assassins just killed this entire monkeys like monkey clan, and now the monkey is just like pissed off and wants vengeance. Well, yeah. They have to kill the monkeys.
4: Uh, to have heroes, they must be birthed in blood. I... Or there are worse reasons to <laughs> have heroes. <laughs>
2: I not you know I'm trying. Fantastic Four wasn't born in blood.
4: Sure. X Men weren't. So you you put a question dare, dare out wasn't. to me. Daredevil wasn't. You put a rhetorical question out there and then are upset at me giving any sort of answer. Um, Captain America wasn't. Yeah, you just answered your own question. Iron Man wasn't. Go ahead. Why am I even on this podcast if you're just going to sit there answering your own question? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway...
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. the The one thing that actually made me really want to read this was actually the uh, artist Dalibor Talejic. Tal, I hope I am at least approximating saying his name right, but he's a fantastic artist. He's done. He's done like like little odd jobs, like little specialty things, like this series, like here and there. I don't think he's ever really done like a sustained like run on like a big top level book, but um, uh. He's just fantastic. I, I just love this moment where Hitmonkey Monkey drives a van into the uh, gangster's uh, limousine, and on the page flip, you just like cut to. Do you remember this, Patrick? Like Hitmonkey Monkey just behind the wheel of the van, just going oops. <laughs>
4: I I was, you know, I'm I was okay with like that first issue, but I was just trying to follow like. There are all these characters that I don't care about, and I don't know who any of these people are. Should I know who these people are? It so doesn't when, matter. So then, when Bullseye shows up at the end, that helped kind of ground it in the uh, uh, universe I was more familiar with, and he was a he he was a welcome addition. Oh yeah, he shows up
2: at the very end of issue one. Um, yeah, and then you get to see Bullseye versus a monkey. Um. Now, like I say, like, I don't know I just find, like, Hit Monkey like, so, such a sad little character Because he's, like, you know it, This little ghost spirit guy of the assassin That also died with the monkey clan is like, telling him that, like, you know You raise a gun in uh, anger And you'll never be able to let go of you again And it's just, like, he's such a tragic little monkey
4: Yeah, and going back to Deadpool and him being in Deadpool I thought yeah this is just going to be a Deadpool caliber character where there doesn't need to be much rhyme or reason other than hey it's a monkey but he has guns. The fact that he actually had some sort of backstory was was good.
2: And it explains where he gets the suit from it explains where he gets the sunglasses from. You get uh, the incredibly racist grandmother who uh Uh, is just like drinking at the wedding as Hitmonkey is trying to kill everyone. Um, the great, uh, bit where (laughs) Hitmonkey throws some chocolate cake at Bullseye, um, which of course looks like something that is not chocolate cake that monkeys also sometimes throw. Um... And the action in this is so... The action's very well choreographed to me in this and the pacing of it, which credit for that goes to both Wei and Talajic, of course. Uh, and poor Bullseye, who's so embarrassed that he got beat by a monkey, he kills all the people that saw him ge- get beat by a monkey just so no one can tell
4: this story. Well, and even though, even though your reason for picking these was... Primates with guns! Uh, they did end up complementing each other well, and I feel whereas, uh, say, the Gorilla Man story, everything, like we said, it felt like a, an adventure serial with the look and the tone of everything, and then this was a much more pulpy. Almost a kung fu, you know, not totally kung fu. It's, it's
2: more of like a grindhousey type.
4: Right, it, it reminded me of um, Fraction and Brubaker's Immortal Iron Fist, like the same yes. kind of like tone. Well, and, the, of and, that. and this will come out in that same period, right? So. so, so I think they worked together as either a serial adventure or as a kind of noiry, pulpy revenge story man sides just cut off people's
2: fingers um i'm just flipping through this really quick to see what other like moments stand out to me uh the final moment is great that final shot of hip monkey just like jumping off of the building you know you're looking up am he's looking badass uh all right yeah well let's see what people had to say uh, at Penelope Cat said, This week's new Twi C selection is a bunch of ape and monkey comics. Gorilla Man and Hit Monkey. Gorilla Man number one, good idea. Why fight a henchperson when you can just pay them to switch sides?
4: Yeah, that was a good idea. Very smart. Uh, at
2: Almo Zayef says, Hit Monkey needs a movie.
4: Does it? I'd Wait, go see I that movie. Actually, it says, Hashtag Hit Monkey need a movie. Well, Ugh. You read the next. Oh no! I just like that it said need a movie. That it's hard to say. Maybe maybe he uh, Almaziev just wanted a movie at that time and accidentally hit. Maybe he started type. He or she started typing hashtag Hitch because they wanted to watch Hitch, but instead, Hit (laughs) Monkey auto completed. Anyways. Uh, Don... Who, who's watching Hitch randomly at this time? Who, I don't know. I don't have a time stamp on this, so... Uh, Don, DJ, Fan, Co, Hitmonkey, and Gorilla Man? I fear without a su- suitable setup, I'm going in with a bit of pessimistic attitude. Understandably, Don... There, what,
2: what's doable? it's, it's talking primates, you don't need anything more than that, Don. Uh,
4: don't get me wrong, I recognize Hip Monkey for who, or excuse me, uh, I recognize Hip Monkey for what, parenthetical who, it, parenthetical, or is it a he, is, that's kind of a hard tweet to say out loud. It is, it, Hip Monkey is a he. Uh. But the most endearing read with the character has been Atlas Incognita's turn on howling commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. That said, I hope this TWIM U.R.C. is more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Yes. Anyway, worth pointing out,
2: as um, DJ Fanko says, uh, Hitmonkey was in the most recent uh, Howling Commando series that just wrapped a couple months ago. At SolarSexD, just got through Gorilla Man. I like the story. I really like the retro Gorilla Man comics at the end. Good fun. We didn't talk about those, but yes, the they did uh, reprint some Gorilla Man comics that were not Ken Hale. <laughs> the In the like letters section, which is supposedly written by Ken Hale, he purposely points out how it's confusing because there are all these other Gorilla Mans out there, but they are not him. So it reprinted all these weird stories about a man who, or a scientist who wanted to replace human organs with gorilla organs, and then the gorillas found out about it, so they replaced his head with a gorilla. And Yeah, and then there's another guy who's convinced that, like, the best way to take over the world is to swap his mind with a gorilla.
4: I don't know if that checks out. Yeah, it It
2: it didn't work out too well for him. But, hey, it was the 50s. Hipmonkey was or this is still at Hipmonkey was pretty great. I don't see why Bullseye got away, besides they need him for layer stories. And you know, he's bullseye. He's a he's a slippery so-and-so. Finally, at Sam, at EMT Mason 7, just finished this week's picks, and the backup of Gorilla Man number one where the gorilla is wearing the scientist head freaked me out, like I said. Uh, and we also have um, at Brian Crosby says that Mark Strom fellow, what a looker. Thank you, Brian.
4: No, that's that's not a tweet that anyone tweeted. No, nope, Brian Brian said that. Oh, that's right. I remember who Brian Crosby is. Good old blind Brian Crosby. <laughs> no nope. weighs in and said Stromy sure is a looker. Yeah, he no, he said that and he's Right, yeah. Because yeah, he's, in the world of the blind the one-eyed man is a looker cause you're looking around <laughs> yep it's um I'm a looker yeah cause you have eyes according to Brian Crosby um
2: uh, alright well that pretty much wraps up this TWIM URC west coast edition next up is uh you get some more from Ryan and Ben what did Ryan choose uh I don't know it's
4: online we are professionals here oh something about 12 does that sound right no 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 the 12 Hmm. no he didn't pick the 12 i thought it was something that had 12 in the title ocean's 12 the comic book adaptation
2: are you thinking of Modoc's 11, the book we read last time? No, it wasn't
4: that. Whatever. Hey, at least I had the idea of 12. It's better than you got.
2: Boy. All right. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, we sign you off here, I guess. So thank you for listening to. You just
4: waved. Mark just waved.
2: <laughs> all of us.
4: At, at who? I don't know. I
2: was, waving at, I was waving, at, waving at you and Brian Crosby.
4: But you're not leaving.
2: Uh, we'll, we'll leave this room after. Anyway, thank you, you all for You should wave lis-
4: to the room, then. <laughs> wave <laughs> to the people. Thank you. Blow everyone. them kisses.
2: Thank you. I'll blow you kisses. Thank you, for everyone, for listening to us this week. Uh, we'll be back again in seven more days. Until then, I wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous week. As always, I apologize for the Wolfman, and this is Marvel, your universe.